Hello, and welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Gregorio. Today, we have our first guest, a good friend of mine who I met through gaming. He's a filmmaker, producer, writer, Twitch streamer, and part-time lover. Ladies and gentlemen, Nick Song Chul, famously known as Hotbox Tartus. Let's jump right into it. In three, two, one, and we're live. Hey, man, welcome to the show. Anyways, I'm gonna get the, on details on you know how you and I met and became friends. Mm. Well, I met you through. Uh, I met you through Cody. Right. And uh, that's because Cody. Now I met Cody because he was my moderator on my uh, Twitch channel for like. I think, like, well, technically, he still is a moderator. He's just not there, which is fine. But, um, <laughs> but anyway, yeah, I've just, I've been friends with Cody for the longest time. He's good stock, you know, he's good people. For sure. And uh, he was saying, hey, I'm getting into streaming. And when that happened, I was like, oh, that's, that's a big deal, man. Like, I'm so happy for you because, like, all that time, like, I was like, dude, you gotta stream. Like, you gotta freaking stream. Like, you'd be a good streamer. And, um, he finally did that, like, years later. And, let's see. I met you. You two were playing... Oh, man. I can't even remember the game. Honestly, I think we were playing zombies together, if anything. It has to be. Like, Call of Duty 3. Yeah, it was probably Call of Duty, because um, that that was like our jam. Still is kind of our jam. Like, even though like you're far better than me now, not think about it. Well, I did just I did just prestige, and you did re- reach like wave sixteen without a problem. Yeah, it's that's the new. I mean, this new zombies is like ridiculously hard, um, oh, especially dude, it's on tough, it's it's tough. Uh but personally I uh think it's it's getting back to the roots of everything and it's still at the same time like as you know every new generation of zombies that comes out there's like always they up the ante, you know. It's like stakes are higher, like new things, rules change. And that's what keeps you. That's what keeps you going. And honestly, like this is not the popular opinion, but I think like if it wasn't for zombies on Cold War, it would not have. It wouldn't have been as successful. That's definitely true because I don't. I don't play anything else but zombies on on that game. Well, I'm the same way in general for Call of Duty. I barely play like the Cold War or what they play or like anything like that. I just focus on mainly zombies. Has been my shit since like you know the beginning. Yeah, for sure. I remember uh, playing it for the first time. Um, it was uh, two thousand eight, I think. So that was a that was a while ago, and it's still going. I want to say the same thing for me. Like two thousand eight, I was like in early high school when it first started, and, and I was playing for Black Ops two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it was when Black Ops came out because, like, it was World at War that had the first one, right? 
very primitive. Uh, it gives you it gives you just a taste, you know, sousan of what of what zombies could be. Uh, but sure enough, if you play it today, it's just nothing like nothing like the originals. Which could be a good thing and a bad thing when it comes like to the diehard fans. Yeah, that's true. I mean, everybody has their own opinion. I mean, but it it's just becoming. I don't know. I just feel like this time around, I'm seeing a lot more people spending time playing zombies than I have in the past. Because, like, yeah, I don't know. I'm seeing a lot of new folk playing the uh, playing the old zombies on Twitch. A lot of new people getting into it. Like, they're all like, oh, there's okay. There's this. There's this moment that. Uh, do you remember it was in Black Ops 1? Do you remember Call of the Dead? Yes, the Call of the Dead, yes. Okay, the one with George Romero, and you can play as mm-hmm. like Sarah Michelle Geller or Robert England, you know, um, Danny Trejo, Michael Rooker. Uh, one of my favorite. Yeah, for sure. Um, but that map had a sickle on it. Is it a sickle? Is that what it's called? Yeah, it's a sickle. It's a sickle. Uh, instead of a knife, it has a sickle. And, like, I came up with... I didn't invent this. Like, someone, someone's like, oh, this is like a challenge. And um, you should try doing it. And it's only having the handgun and the sickle. And anyway, like, my friends and I started doing that challenge for fun and seeing how many rounds we could get to. And sure enough, it, like, became incorporated into our strategy. Like, going for the knife first and racking up the points. Um, and now I'm seeing in this in the new Cold, in Cold War that you can uh, start with a knife. Which is, so, you know, it doesn't cost 3,000 points like it used to. You don't have to open up a billion doors to get there. But there are all these people, all these new zombie players that are like, oh, whoa, I discovered this knife. Like, check it out. I'm all about to back a punch you and I'll be OT. Yeah. Like, what? And then they like, go down right. like in round three because, you know, there, there is like <laughs> kind of an etiquette or whatever to the uh, the whole knife strategy. Mm-hmm. But anyway, um, so yeah. Through zombies on uh, Black Ops, that's where I met. That's that's where I met you because you two were gaming together. You and you and Cody. Yeah, and he was telling me about you like before, like I jumped in a party. He's like, "Yeah, I got this cool friend, of, cool friend of mine, Nick, who touches on stream." Like before we started gaming, I actually looked you up on Twitch just to catch a bot from you, see who, what kind of person you are. And from what I saw, you're this very energetic person, very talkative and very loud, which I enjoy from you. I'm like, oh, dude, this guy's gonna be very fun to game with, and I could probably learn something from him, which I have been. It's been and it's been a great help, honestly. Well, thank you. Of course, dude. I mean, I don't. I'm. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. Like, you know, I I live with I live with a with a disability and. I need to take medication that affects my brain chemistry. Oh man, you and I both, buddy. Yeah. So you can understand that 
it's hard to be energetic on days that you do not feel like being energetic. You oh, know? dude, trust me. I know to feel it. I it have those days. Forced, you know, when you do it. Yeah, exactly. Putting on a mask, you know, it's tiring, but you got to do it. Got to keep going forward, you know? So, yeah. Um, and then after that, it was just, uh, it was just all downhill. And then, then like, eventually I started getting streaming. I remember when I, when I pushed for affiliate, well, when we all pushed for affiliate, we were just like grinding nonstop, recording like four hours a day every day for like who knows how many days, dude, for how many months. It was just like straight recording nonstop. And like a, and we we got there. Like you got it first, the affiliate program, then I got it, then Cody got it last. And it was a hassle, dude. It was it really was like. We didn't think we were going to reach it so so quickly like the way we did. Well, we just supported each other, man. Like, that's all it takes. As long as you got a crew that supports you, that supports one another, you trust them, you want to see them prosper just as much as you want to. You know, no one puts anyone first and and it works. It works. And it did. It it is like we're currently like slacking on it, to be honest. Because like I've been streamed since like this past October. I did like maybe three days of like this little horror game. Then I stopped because I was like unmotivated to continue playing. Yeah, but that happens. I mean, for a while there, I was just like, oh, I'm not going to play video games. It was after like Borderlands 3 came out and that was like Mm -hmm. a year ago. So, for a year, it was like this constant, this constant thing that I just like was growing on me. That I like, you got to be streaming, you got to be streaming, you got to play video games, and I did. But it was it was really hard. I mean, it was it was it was a tough thing to keep up with at the time. And I just had zero interest in uh, video games. Like, and and these things happen, you know, it's like not a big deal. It's just, it just becomes one of those, one of those moments where, or a period of moments where you don't exactly want to, um, I don't know. Like the depression kind of becomes this thing where your favorite things can just make you sick. Unhappy. Joyless. Yeah. Joyless. I get that. And you don't, and, and especially, you know, when, when it really sucks is when like, for example, like video games is something you used to turn to when you were like that. Yeah. it, It was an escape from reality. Yeah, and like just like distraction, just to calm you down, and you know, there was some kind of just cathartic experience that leveled you out. Um, but when when something that you rely on like that in that kind of way, um, it really sucks when it when you turn on it, and you don't want to do it anymore. 
and then you don't have that that kind of outlet as well. Then you then you try to turn to something else that helps you, you know, become a better person, but you just don't know what that might be. I mean, yeah, that's 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 true. I mean, like turning to other things like finding you should always be you should always be looking for new things always have your eye out you know always always have your eye out for like a new hobby a new idea something that you know kind of drives you mm-hmm. something that interests you especially um just because you know i think we live in such a throwaway type of culture where even our even the hobbies and the things we do we just kind of like throw that away too you know so easily and yeah cause like once like your hobby turns into work it becomes like a whole different ball game and like a whole different kind of responsibility at that point too like how do you like juggle the two or have a balance between like Yes, this is my hobby, but it's also my job. But I'm not having fun no more at my job. Yeah, I mean, the see, there was this, there is this kind of example that I go to when I like this time in my life, and I think I told you, I told you briefly about it, but when I uh, worked for Activision. Ah uh, yes, I remember this. Yeah, and and I was uh, you know, I just looked for bugs and glitches, and then took note of it and sent it to the engineers and shit and the designers, and it it was it was it was not a great job. It was, I mean, I I got to play zombies like six months before before but, it but came that was out. A great experience, though. Not really. I mean, it was it was really grim. Really? Yeah. We. We. I mean, management was was great. They kept us happy. They kept us going. So, like, there was no problem with the management. But, um, it was like what where the corporation, where Activision and Blizzard were like. Okay, but this is where you're going to be working and doing this. And it's this windowless building. Like, the only people that have windows are people with an office. Mm-hmm. No windows, and they never had the lights on. Oh, dude, that sounds miserable. I'll go crazy like that, honestly. It was it was not great. Um, It also was like a three-hour commute for me. Like, it, I mean, I didn't live far from it. I lived like, like in normal time, it would like, if it was on a Saturday or Sunday when there's no traffic, it would be like eh, 20, 30 minutes. But, uh, at rush hour, no, it was like a three hour thing. Oh, do you bet that, that made you mad that we had to go in for like a shift and you were like late to it? Yeah. Stuck in traffic. And they didn't care about that. Like, they just care you showed up and did your job, huh? Yeah. I mean, that's what they do. <laughs> but 
No, like we we always had Sobe Life water in the fridge. <laughs> that was okay. <laughs> that, was, that was like the only plus the whole job. Yeah, yeah, yeah like uh, not any, that cool, even cool. beat that even beat playing zombies six months early. Shoot, you probably just wait for the water. Fuck the zombies, huh? Like it. It was okay. So. What was the was it Black Ops Four with with the uh, the Lovecraft kind of oh, what was it called? Oh man, we played it a bunch. Oh, are you talking about um the one when you can play as like Ron Perlman or Jeff Goldblum? It's kind of like Call of the Dead. Was it was it Infinity War? No, 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 no. It's the... No, because Infinity War doesn't make the zombie ones, I think. I think it's just... Yeah, which, it's, which, it's just which is one with the... Or I'm probably thinking about the one with the exosuits. Oh, that's Sledgehammer. Sledgehammer made that one. Oh, okay. That one's exosuits. I love that one, by the way. That one's pretty... Dude, it's shout pretty loud. Shout out to that game. Oh, definitely. Like, that was fun. Um, It was... It's a different environment too. Like, dude, zombies with exosuits just jumping around. I thought it was like the craziest things ever when I first played it. Dude, we should break that out. Dude, I have to find it. I'm not sure where it's at anymore. I mean, if I can't find it, I can just like re download or buy it off the Xbox store. Yeah, but it's the, the one the one that I'm trying to think of. It's when you could turn into a tentacle monster. Oh, oh, oh. That's a uh, that's a uh, Black Ops 3. Is that three? Yeah, that's three. Okay. So yeah, that was the one I was working on. Black Ops 3. Um It's gonna bug me that I can't think of the name of that of that map. Oh dude, I wish I could tell you I forgot myself. It's been a long time since I played it. Okay, can we hold up for a sec? Yeah. I got to grab another pair of headphones because these are going to die. Just one second. I got them over here. Yeah, man, take your time. Okay, sorry. I'm next time have these ready. Now you're fine, dude. Honestly, I might just upload just the raw audio. So when I was working, so when I was working at Activision, the, um, I mean, like the, like the, like the cool part about, um, about that game is, is how, oh man, I am just, hold on. I can't focus right now. No, it's okay, man. <clears throat> How does everything sound to you from my end? Pitch perfect. Okay, good. 
right. So, I mean, you'd think like being able to play those games early, especially like a game you just love, like the zombie mode. Mm -hmm. You'd think that would be awesome. And then, you know, all day you're just playing these video games before they come out and you're just doing this really easy work. And, you know, it's, it, 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 it'd be great, but like, you know, the games are all buggy and glitchy and, you know, that's what, that's the point of the job, but you got to see like how some of these games are like how they are <laughs> like when, before they get to people that like, before they get to the fans of the franchise, you know, before there's a beta, before there's, you know, um, any kind of place where, it's being analyzed by uh, outside of the corporation, you know? right? Um, it it it's like if you see these games, like right when they're right when they get give them to you when you get in on when you get in on work, it's like uh, it's 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 like pretty choppy. I mean, to say the least. Like, I just don't really. I don't know. And then that just goes into the the whole the whole crap about um when is the game really done? <laughs> like like Cyberpunk. Yeah, but I think it's really any game these days just because we have the beauty of the internet to like update the game at any almost any moment. Uh but you know, when, when we get them, it's just like, okay, it's just, we just keep working and working and working until release day. And then it goes out and then we just keep working on it. <laughs> it's like, don't you remember the days when video games were finished when they came out? Oh yeah. I remember like it was yesterday. Well, I was saying like in the old gen consoles, and, and like by like old gen consoles, I'm talking about like the Nintendo 64 slash GameCube era. Hell, even the Wii. Hmm. See, like for me, I'm I'm an old man, so you're not that old, dude. You're like 25. Chill. You kidding me? I'm not 25. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Well, to me, you're 25, man. You, you have the young spirit in you. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. I feel more like an old man every day. Well, why say that? You know, I wake up and there's always like pain in my back, and the kids are the kids are too loud outside playing. Yeah, the kids are too loud playing that rap music. <laughs> All this hip hop stuff. I can't figure out how to check my electronic mail. <laughs> but nah, man, like, you're still a young guy. Don't, don't let that age get to you. Yeah. I mean, I'm. I feel like the older I get, like easier things get. I mean, the more terrible things are actually actually are on in reality, 
but I feel like I can handle them mm-hmm. just a lot, e- a lot more easily now that I'm older. Right. Yeah. You, you have aggressive life more compared to like 10 years ago. Yeah. I mean, yeah, for sure. I mean, when I was a kid, if I didn't, you know, you know, if one thing goes wrong, I freak out and then. <laughs> Dude, that's me now. And I'm only like 24. Yeah, man. I mean, you got. <sighs> I think I think it's so hard to be a 20 year old right now. Like. That's that's the that's the. That's the scary part. It's it's like hard to be kids in this in this era. It's hard to be a it's hard to be a teenager. It's hard to be a, you know going to college. It's hard to be in your twenties. Like it, it's it's really it's really tough. I mean, I don't want to get political or anything. But oh no, dude, ball means no. I don't. I just i I don't like being polarizing. <laughs> No, but like, dude, like, especially like compared like to like a parent generation when like they're our age, they're already like married, like in their late teens, got married, early twenties, had kids, right after, and then got like a, a house themselves by like twenty two. So like the pressure is there, especially like coming from like immigrant parents too. Like they expect like so much from you, and like you think you never live live up to their expectations. Mm. You know? Yeah, I do. I uh, that's a lot to chew. <laughs> I mean I like when when I was going to college I always wanted to like do right by my parents and make them proud because you know, I I owed it to them. Like Right. You know, they got me this far and now it's my turn and um, I owe them to, to try my best. And uh, my parents, you know, were are very supportive people. Um, you know, I have the best best parents you could ask for, really. And uh, yeah, they're 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 good. They're good people. I mean, what can I say? I'm lucky. But anyway. When I when I was when I was going when I was going to school in Chicago, it was like it was like, all right, you know, every decision I made, I like kind of thought like, okay, I gotta live up to their expectations and do well. And then really like Christmas break came and I went home and I was telling my dad that, and you know, he's just kinda like, you know, you don't he 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 was like, You don't really need to worry about it. Like you know, I'm, he's like, I just want you to be thinking about us. You don't have to live up to our expectations, but you just got to at least be thinking of us when you make decisions. You know? Now, what made you go all the way to Chicago for school? That, that's a, you know, out of state school. You know, you being from Minnesota. Yeah. Uh, I just, I grew up in a really 
in a re- in a really sh- crappy town. Well, it's not okay. It's not crappy. They're just some really crappy, loud, people. obnoxious people in this. Town I get that. That make it look pretty shitty. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but I mean, you know, the town is named after a civil war general that did not fight for the North. So, you know, what kind of people do you think it's going to attract? <laughs> okay. I, I see where you're going at with this. Okay. So, yeah, I would just hear, I would just, and I still, now that I'm living, now that I'm back here, you know, and you know, now that I'm back here and, uh, it hasn't ended. People are still, they still chuckle and stare at me. They point and whisper at each other. And they say like, sometimes they're not even pointing or whispering. They just flat out call me racial slurs. I get, I get harassed. Uh, by, by these, by these type of people. And, and this time and day, they will stop doing that. But with everything going on, they don't care at all. No, I mean, see, like I really believe that for every four assholes in this town, there's one good person. I mean, when you meet someone that's night like genuinely nice here, like they they they're the type of people like like for example, there there's even this like weird hybrid of of a person in this town about uh, I don't know they're like an asshole but they do good things because mm-hmm. deep down they're a good person. It's just they have really shitty social skills and they just like an asshole so it's like a weird hybrid of the two so like for example one time my buddy jared him and i we were we were uh driving out in the country we were heading home because it was getting really cold and uh excuse me and um we went into the ditch which happens more often than you think (laughs) like (laughs) Cause we were trying to get home to, to beat a storm. It was, it was really, it was really bad. It was going to be bad. And, uh, anyway, we get in the ditch and these snowmobilers come by and they crack some jokes about us and they don't help us. And yeah, I, I don't know what we expected them to do. They were on snowmobiles for Christ's sake. So they left. And then this guy came and he steps out of the car He's like this older gentleman and he's like, Oh, I see you have some car trouble. <laughs> they're just like, yeah, you think? And he's like, sucks to be you. And we were like, yeah, dude. Haha, <laughs> Thanks, man. And he's like, you know, I could go get my chain, but it's in the barn. And we we're like, all right. And he's like, I'll go get the chain and then I'll come back and get you out of there. And then he's gone for like an hour, an hour and a half. 
And we were like, that guy's not coming back. But sure enough, he comes back. Oh, thank God. Yeah. And he, and he pulls the car out. And, you know, we're pushing the car out, too, at the same time. But anyway, we get the we get the car out. And I'm just like, oh, I'm like, thank you, man. Like, thank you so much. And my friend Jared was thanking him, too. And I said, I was like, can, can like, I said, I got a few bucks. Can I give you it for gas or something? And he's just like, he's just like, no, no, it's the winner. He said, just try to drive a little more carefully. And then he left. But he he got us out. See, like I said, he's he sounds like an asshole, but deep down he's a good person. Like it's weird. It's so weird. There's so many weird freaking people that I run into in my life. Oh man, that's that's a wild. Like I'm glad that he he came back for y'all because for a minute I was like, this dude ain't gonna show up at all. If he does show up, it'd be like too late. You would have like Triple A out there getting the car out of the ditch. Oh, we don't even have Triple A. Hey, you don't wait. Who do you use if he gets if he gets stuck in the ditch? Uh, we call a tow truck. Okay, at least, at least somebody goes out. Now, we did have plan you know, to meet each other in real life this year, but you know, with everything that happened over over the year, the pandemic happened place it shut down we, we didn't get that opportunity you know and, and i was and i was bummed out that i had to cancel the trip because i was generally excited to go see you meet your family and you know just be out of state for once in a while yeah i mean well at the time I was I was super upset but cuz like I was but but that's when I was like that was back when I was like oh this pandemic's only going to last like 6 months. <laughs> like, yeah, but here we are almost, almost a year in. Yeah, almost a year in and it's like yeah, Greg's definitely not coming. <laughs> and then like I lost my job for like I think a month. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, and yeah, and then you had a family tragedy of course. Yeah, unfortunately, like you know, that had to had to happen. Yeah, so it it just it just wasn't the cards this time. I mean, it's gonna happen. Oh, for sure, man. I still want to visit you, the Minnesota for sure. And just explore the area, man. Yeah, there's some cool stuff in Minnesota. Like, I really want to visit like the art district that you guys have over there. Oh, the Northeast Art District? Yeah, man. Yes, man. Definitely. If they're still there. Well, I hope so, because uh, I'm, try I'm trying to go, like, hopefully next year. Probably, probably around the same time that I had planned for, like, this year. Well, when was it? March? Yeah, March. God, it's crazy, like, thinking, like, how long ago that was. Well, like you said, it was, like, a year ago. It's insane. 
like it still blows my mind like how fast like this whole year has gone by. It's gone by really fast, but really slow at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I want to get back in, into the topic, like on like you know you going to school, going to college. Like, what 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 led you to like to, pr to pursue filmmaking? Oh, um, well. I've always loved movies. I mean, the first, like the first movies I would watch as a kid, like over and over again every day was like Back to the Future, Ghostbusters, Goonies, Gremlins, you know. All the classics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the hits from the 80s. And, uh, I mean, not to say I wasn't into, you know, stuff in the 90s, because the 90s were freaking great, too. But, um, yeah, and then when I got to about, like, middle school age, so, like, seventh grade, my parents started letting me watch rated R movies. Sick. Yeah. Like, as long as it was, like, I don't know within reason but then i'm gonna mention like the two movies i started watching and they're not like within reason at all <laughs> uh but the two movies the two movies I, I watched that inspired me to go into filmmaking was um clerks and uh the evil dead series good choices very good choices well both of them have some like have stuff in common like they both they both were filmed in like middle of nowhere or bumfuck nowhere, you know, like one when Clerks was filmed in uh, Leonardo, New Jersey, I think, and then um, Evil Dead was filmed in Tennessee. Yeah, and uh, I just was like, oh, so these weren't made in studios in Hollywood, you know, they were made and they weren't made by big Hollywood actors and directors, they were made by just like people who wanted to make movies and they were both like low budget too if i remember correctly right yeah they're both very low budget so you know it just kind of made me start to think oh i could i could do that like if i did what they did get my friends together and i write something like maybe maybe i can make a movie you know have you made any movies since then? Have I made any movies since I was in middle school? Uh, well, I mean, I, I had, uh, there was, of course, the high school video class and uh, film school projects when I went to college. Um, and then I've worked on a couple sets from, you know, I work, I do, I do set work sometimes, but I mainly have gravitated towards writing uh lately at least currently um but i've filmed produced directed and wrote uh two projects uh within the last uh 10 years so oh, nice. 
Okay. I mean, now I'm not saying I'm, I know that's 10 years, but I'm saying like, this is the kind of thing where you're building an entire storyline. Um, you're working on it for like maybe one to two years of pre-production before you even think about turning the cameras on, mm-hmm. you know? So yeah. And, and those ideas come to me once in a while, but those are the two I'm really proud of or, or the ones that I, that I, uh, thought of and worked my ass off on. <laughs> Is there like um, any, is it like any current films or like some scripts you're currently working on or plan to work on in the future? Well, I'm currently, um, I'm currently editing, uh, one of my projects that I, I don't, I don't want to promote yet because I, yeah, I don't even know when it's going to come out. Um, but, uh, that's it's it's currently in its in its editing phase. So I'm getting a team of po- uh, I'm getting a post production team together, and we're gonna start uh start dissecting all the footage and then eventually get it to music and then hopefully it'll come out. So oh, man, I can't wait. I hope it works out for you. Thank you. We all worked really hard on this one. It was uh it was a lot of fun. It was once again getting all my friends together and making something, you know. And which I'm sure like they enjoy helping you out and being like on screen as screen as well. Yeah, um I mean they 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 like they had really big part. Like I didn't, I didn't ask them to do, to do like a, a a job. Somebody, you know, somebody like a crappy job. It it they were they got important jobs on set, and that's what made it work. Like I had a buddy, uh, who was our director of photography, and he was a photographer. And I've seen his stuff and he's really good. He can definitely set up a shot. That's for damn sure. And um, he had a lot of ideas after reading the script about how, about how he wanted to see it be, be filmed. And um, sure enough, uh, he got, I gave him the job of being in charge of cameras and, uh, And uh, he pretty much accepted right away and did a damn good job. I mean, holy crap, you should see some of the footage. I mean, you will eventually. Oh, I love it. Yeah, but um, he's now he's still he's still making movies. He he that was That's like fantastic. His, yeah, he he got into it and he's filming stuff and making short films and so you know I'm proud of him. I'm proud of them, but you know, and then I had my, my, uh, former roommate, Brendan, him and I were, 
we we were friends for oh ever since my I think sophomore year in high school and whatever. Um, but uh yeah, he pretty much like helped me write that entire script and he was in charge of you know costumes, he was in charge of producing. He 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 had a lot on his plate too. Uh but we had we had a lot of people working working people I trusted. No, that's that's probably you want your team the most, man. Yeah. Now going to like filmmaking and directing and in producing, was there any like directors you look up to or like copy their styles that help you produce the movies you made in the past? Oh well, who comes to mind right out of the gate has to be David Lynch. David Lynch. I'm not. I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm familiar with his work, but no movies pops in my mind at the moment. Um, David Lynch uh, directed Inland Empire, Blue Velvet, um, Lost Highway, Eraserhead. No, oh, I'm, I'm familiar uh, with Eraserhead. For sure yeah, now. yeah. He created Twin Peaks, um, Firewalk with me, Dune. I guess we'll say Dune. <laughs> but anyway, uh, no, he's just he's just a a very a very ex- a very eccentric person, and I love his movies. Um, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what he means some of the time. I don't think no one does that way being honest. Yeah, probably not. I mean, I pretend, I pretend I do when I'm talking to my friends. So I don't seem like an idiot. (laughs) But David Lynch was a huge inspiration for me to get into, um, my first pilot. And for those of you who don't know what a pilot is, it's it's basically the first episode of a TV series. And it's up to the studio and the studio and producers to decide to purchase it or not. Or not purchase it, excuse me. Just decide to pick it up as a full series. In a way, it's kind of like a pre-episode of anything, like introduction, right? Uh, I don't know. I think it's kind of changed from, like, like there's, like the the first the first thing I wrote directed did did like you know a bunch of stuff on uh like like created you know the first thing i actually created myself um was called hometown and it it's very it's 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 like twin peaks small town something weird's going on something paranormally and we're trying to figure out what's going on uh but that wasn't a pilot. That 
was a proof of concept. So usually like a proof of concept will get screen to studios and then they'll say the next step would be to make a pilot. So they usually recast everybody, you know, rewrite a little bit and then make a pilot. And then if the pilot does well, they decide to order, order the first season. No. Oh, okay. Yeah. Now, be- before we started recording, like, earlier today, you and I had, like, a conversation on, like, you know, what you and I want to discuss about on the show, right? And, like, you-, you brought up the topic on, like, what it means, like, to be successful or what, it- or what is failure to us, right? You know, the pressure of starting, like, a new project and going forward with it. So I want, like, you know, your opinions on those things, on, like, what those mean to you. Well, this yeah, is- I don't know. I th- I thought it would be a good topic since you know you're starting out on your first podcast here. Like Hold on. You got to put this away. Sorry. No, you're fine, brother. All right. Where was I? Oh, yeah. So, I mean, I just wanted to discuss with you, like, what, how do you, like, where did you get an idea to do a podcast? Uh, Like, honestly, man, from, like, listening and watching other podcasts on YouTube, like, I always loved the genre of it. You know, like, from the big dogs, like, from, like, Joe Rogan to Tiger Belly, to, like, Stevie Weeby on YouTube, those guys that were really, you know, made me pursue this and try and, you know, test it out and see how I can handle it like they do. And plus, it's a way I can bring, like, friends on here. Maybe not friends, just, like, different guests. I can, like, learn from everybody from different topics that I'm not aware of. And like it's it's good it's a good way to have like let out everyone's feelings on certain things that they can talk with anybody else because they'd be afraid like of judgment or anything else like that. Oh man, I mean, like, would you say? Would you say when you made that decision, I'm going to make a podcast? Like, did was your initial feeling like, oh, my God, this seems very daunting? Oh, dude, I, I'm like that right now as we speak. As soon as that question, it hit me. It's like, this is real life. This is going to be a tough challenge, but I'm not going to back down from it at all. Like, I'm going to continue forward with this and not stop. Yeah, I mean, 
that's that's called drive, brother. I mean that that's that's like one of the you know anytime I, I mean, like the point I wanted to make today is is pretty is pretty simple, folks. Greg, don't be afraid to fail. Do not be afraid to fail. I am the king of goddamn failure. <laughs> like, do you have any idea how many of my projects have never, never helped out my career or never helped me get my foot in the door? Like, I mean, I've tried. And there have been, and I say I've only created like two of my projects that were my original idea, but that's not really true. There, there are probably about a hundred other ideas and projects that I had that didn't even survive like a day or a week, Mm -hmm. you know, but if you have that drive, like the thing you were just describing, Greg, just something that makes you want to commit and stay until the end. Like, that's great. Yeah, like failing isn't like something that I'm scared of do. I always fail, but always manage to, you know, keep going and succeed at it eventually. Or learn it is, from it or you or know, learn from it too. Like it's experience is experience, man. It's just like, getting started. That's the hardest part of if anything. Just getting started, get your foot in the door. And it's very scary. I'm not gonna lie, dude. You, I know you can't see me, but right now my hand is like shaking. Yeah, I have anti-anxiety meds for that. Dude, I don't know about you. I'm, I'm laying down. I'm. <laughs> I you're laying down, a, dude. You're laying down, comfortable. I'm like sitting yeah, at the I'm, desk, all professional, I'm, like. I'm laying here no. with I'm laying here with a quilt and I have a glass of wine. Fancy, fancy boy. Huh? I should probably do that next time, man. I should probably just lay down and just talk to you then. Or anybody. Yeah, just be at the ready if you need to be. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I, I really hope that I can help this show out. Um, I know. I know I said that I want to help and I do. I'll do you. Trust me, you're gonna be a big help. I mean, this you're the first guest to me. That's a big hope already. Right on. I mean, I think I seriously think like if 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 we both took this took this podcast, you know, we could get some people listening to it. And there's a world of the way, brother. I already know it. So, are you familiar? I mean, since we're talking about movies. Um, are you familiar what's with what's going on with HBO Max? 
No, I'm not. What's going on? What's going on with it? Okay, so you know HBO Max is the new streaming service that HBO put out. Mm-hmm. They're releasing all their 2021 movies on HBO Max the same day as theaters. Oh, dude, that's going to kill the theater industry. Just hold on. Okay, so here are the movies. The Little Things, January 29th. Tom and Jerry, March 5th. The Many Saints of Newark, March 12th. Rem... What is that? My glasses are so dirty. Reminiscence, uh, April 16th, Godzilla vs. Kong, May 21st, The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It, June 4th, In the Heights, June 18th, Space Jam, A New Legacy, July 16th, The Suicide Squad, August 6th, Dune, October 1st, King Richard, November 19th, and The Matrix Force, uh, December 22nd, as well as a few other movies that are going to be determined. Not a bad year. No, and that's just uh, what Warner Brothers is doing, but here's what happened. Here's what came in response to it. So, after Warner Brothers IGN posted this, IGN.com posted this, uh, after Warner Brothers announced it will release all of its 2021 movies on HBO Max the same time as in theaters, Cinemark's stock fell 21%. Oh, AMC no. nosedived by 17%, and IMAX went down by 7.3%. So rip movie theaters, folks. Because I'm, I'm not sure about your location, but like our AMC theater location is written out like there are rooms for private movies. Or I'll just have a private room to do whatever you want in it. Yeah, our, our theaters are doing that too. But no one's yeah. going. Yeah, no one's going. And I and I, and I want to like, actually like rent a theater out, but it costs a little too much to do that. It's like a hundred bucks. Yeah, exactly. And just, just, and just for an hour too. So you're wasting money, honestly. Oh, it's by the hour? Yeah, dude. Like, at least my location is. See, I want to rent a movie theater out for when uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife comes out. Shoot. I was going to rent a theater out so I can, like, play some video games like, on, a, on the big screen. Mm, don't think that's how it works. I'm pretty sure there's a way to, like, to connect it. There has to be a way. No... No. Where there goes my dreams of playing zombies at the movie theater with surround sound. I will never get a chance to hear Max Ammo. You want to hear my voice on a freaking like Dolby Atmos movie theater sound? <laughs> Yelling at you about not playing zombies, right? You know how sick that'll be. I mean, I don't think people want to hear this voice on a podcast, let alone in a movie theater. I mean, I do. That's because I, I just love you and know you so well. Now, before we uh, we close out, do you, do you want to plug your social medias or your Twitch channel? 
Uh-oh, can you hear Millie? Yeah. Okay, she'll stop in a sec. Okay. Ask me again. Oh, I said, do you want to plug your social medias or your Twitch channel? Because we're about to end the episode pretty soon right here. All right. Yeah. Uh, thank you. Um, let's see. Uh, I'll give you my new Twitter. Okay. My new Twitter. Uh, that's at Nick Sung Chol. Which is N-I-C-K-S-U-N-G-C-H-U-L. <laughs> just, because it's, just because it's such a weird name. <laughs> uh, yeah, I stream on Twitch from time to time. Um, come check it out. Greg's usually there, so if you if you like this podcast and you want to see more of our antics, you can catch us on there. Uh, that's Hotbox the TARDIS on Twitch. And that's all I got for you, because I'm not giving out any more shit. <laughs> Just the man himself. Well, before I sign off, I also want to thank everybody through time out. You know, listen to this podcast with Nick and I. It means a lot to us. We'll have future episodes coming out, hopefully, soon. And we'll right. work out, and we work out the details more as we go forward with it. You're more than welcome to follow the podcast itself. You can find it at all streaming platforms like Spotify, Google, or Apple Podcasts. You can follow it at or MySpace. <laughs> you, you, you can follow the podcast at Metal Remedy Pod on Twitter. Nick, thank you again for being on the show. It means a lot to me. Of course, man. You have a good one, all right?